Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. I'm at Research Stadium broadcasting today from Press Row, and uh, we've had a variety of guests who have cycled through uh, for interviews. And Hal Cowan, okay, there's a blast from the past for a lot of Oregon State fans, has wandered by, and I have put a headset on him. I've told him there's no profanity allowed uh, on the radio. This is not like uh, doing a podcast in your garage, Hal. But let me give you the story if you don't know how. January 1976, Oregon State brings Hal Cowan in as director of sales and promotions. He had worked in the World Football League and at Portland State. He was promoted to director of public relations, then to sports information director. I believe it was January 1979 that he took over. And I'll tell you this, when I came to the state of Oregon in 2002, I told people I was coming to cover sports in Oregon. They said... Look out for Hal Cowan at Oregon State. He's a firecracker. And boy, were they ever right. He was Dennis Erickson's right hand, so to speak. How you doing, Hal? I'm doing great. All right. Uh, what do you think now? We're on the new west side of the stadium. It's pretty nice. It's really beautiful. Thinking back when I came here in 1976, this is one heck of an improvement. Um, when, you, uh, when I talk about Dennis Erickson, th- there must be some good memories from, from those days. What were those days like? Well, it was really great. I mean, you know, the 2000 year is the best year in football in Oregon State history, in my opinion. And I, you know, that was a great year to be the SID. It was a lot of fun. When uh, you think about, you know, this this thing, Oregon State, and you see a full stadium tonight sold out. You were there for a lot of years when this stadium was not sold out. It was empty. Well, you know, what does that make you th- think about and feel when when you see a sold out and orange out tonight? Well, it makes me proud. Like I said, when I came here, the old days, you could say you could walk up on game day at 10 minutes before kickoff and buy a ticket probably in a 40-yard line. That's how bad it was. So we've come a long way, and uh, I couldn't be happier to have Jonathan Smith running this yeah. team because, you know, he was the quarterback on the 2000 team, and I developed a great relationship with him during that year because we did a ton of interviews but i've always i mean mike riley said it on the first year he was here as a walk-on and he was running the scout team and mike said he's the only quarterback i've ever had that could come back to the huddle after play and tell me whatever wide receiver was doing on a play he was that sharp and i knew then I said that guy's destined to be a coach. Yeah, when they brought him in and hired him, you have to you had to be among the people who said this is a return to the program's, you know, roots so to speak or at least a guy who understood the challenges. No question, uh, not that I had any influence, but Bob Grimm and myself uh, we went to the president not here in Corvallis, yeah. but or the phone said, you know, it, we got a great guy out there in Jonathan. Why don't we start hiring from within instead of bringing people in from the outside? We got a guy that knows the program, very successful, bleeds orange and black. I said, it's time to hire him. And they did, thank God. Can I ask you, you know, when I got here, the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry, it was decent. You know, there was some good back and forth. There were some good years with Mike Riley, some great years with Chip Kelly and 
And, uh, you know, in the last year, we've really seen it kind of balance out with Oregon State uh, winning the last one. But how, what was that rivalry like when both of the teams maybe weren't great? Well, it was tough. <laughs> you know, I had to be, unfortunately, I was in the stands and working and as SID when we had that famous 0-0 game, which is always referred to as the toilet bowl. It may have been the worst college football game I've ever been around, <laughs> but we've come a long way since then. Did it, did, uh, you know, in the programs, did, like the coaches seem like they're, we're in an era now where there's a lot of, a lot of collegial coaches. But, it, but was it that way always? Or did you ever see the staffs that really didn't like each other? Or, were, or was there an enemy? Or was there a, an interaction and an enemy with a, a coaching staff that maybe Oregon State didn't get along with? Not that I remember, John. Uh, I think it was more, a lot more cordial in those days, quite frankly, mm. than it is right now. Really? Yeah, this game sure has changed. What, what do you make of what's going on with the Pac-12 and the – well, disintegration of that conference. It just makes me sick. And, it, and I tell you what, I keep saying, and you have written some great columns about all this, but it shows one thing to me. It says we may have some presidents in the Pac-12 that are very smart in academia, but don't tell me they're smart in business or athletic business because they're not. And they don't get it. And I wrote that today. I mean, I and people want to read it. You can go to johnconzano.com. But it literally is intelligent people who have been promoted in on university campuses because they're collegial and they're smart and they know their discipline and but that doesn't make them visionary leaders no. or business people no and i'll tell you what just university of oregon down the street how do you think their softball team baseball team volleyball and all those teams are going to like going to rutgers on commercial airline yeah and and how about rutgers and michigan coming back they're going to have to come back and connect yeah. and get into Eugene. I mean, I think I think that we're just beginning to see that. And football should just break away at some point. And and I'm sure you're on the on the side of Oregon State belonging and Washington State belonging in major college football. Well, there's no question. I think we've proven that. And, and the TV ratings, surprisingly, the, f the first month of the season has proven that. And I, you know, my hope is that they get something worked out where we can rebuild a Pac-12, but Barring that, I hope something happens. We get in the Big 12. I think I think there's going to be a lot of legal action going on here, and I don't think that's done. There, I think there's some people squirming about having discovery and some of the things that's gone on because I think I think Fox and ESPN are culpable in this whole thing as well. Hal Cowan with us, longtime sports information director, legendary sports information director at Oregon State. Uh, you are you living in Bend now? What are you doing? I'm living in Bend. You come over for the games. I come over for every game. Tell me what retirement's like. You know, I gotta know. Nine handicap and golf. <laughs> that's your. That's it. You're playing golf, but you miss this, don't you? Yes, because you're I here. I love game days. I, love, you know, the best part of the job at SID was interaction with the coaches and the players. I really miss that. I mean, I. I was always close with the coaching staff, and I enjoyed working with the athletes. You know, when you said I spent one year in pro football, that's a little different. It's hard to interact with athletes that are making more money than you are. <laughs> yeah, and, and for sure. And you're, the World League, what was that like? It was an experience. Uh, the World Freebie League would be the apropos because, you know, we didn't get paid the last eight games we played really? in our season with the Portland Storm. In fact, I have a plaque at home 
with a check on it that says insufficient funds. <laughs> so you tried to deposit it? Yeah. Oh, the joke was the only guys that got paid were the wide receivers and the DBs because they were faster than anybody <laughs> getting to the bank. I love that. All right, so uh, big game tonight. Big game. What do you think? What happens here? I think Oregon State's going to win this game. We're playing against a team that's much like us. They're a you know, good, strong defensive team, like to run the ball. I think we play better against teams like that. We have had trouble through our history of playing against Washington State. Always. You just look, and they spread you out. And they do a great job of what they do. But we, we will play much better, in my opinion, against Utah. All right. Earlier I was saying, uh, you know, people don't understand my job. There's a lot my friends don't understand. But give me an idea. What don't we know about the job of sports information director? You know, because people think you're, what, eating a hot dog and watching the game? Well, no. There's, of course, the business has changed, as you all know now, greatly from days when I started. But, you know, our job is to service the media, you know, and then that's the key word, service the media. Was it? Uh, was it? Probably wasn't always. I can remember Dennis Erickson calling me down here. He wanted to yell at me. That was in your tenure. Yes, it remember was. that? Yes, sir. Very mad. He wanted to see me. And he said, "I walked in his office. He said, what did I do? Steal a girlfriend from you? Some other? <laughs> he was mad about the column I wrote. You know? And, and now Dennis, I see Dennis, and he hugs me. Yep. Times well, have changed. Dennis was one of my favorite coaches ever to work with he was he was great from my standpoint yeah and he was you know he trusted me to set up the interviews for him if i said you know we need to do this and he, he didn't his only thing was if it was a one o'clock interview they better be there at one o'clock beyond time beyond time all right how Cowan, i appreciate you stopping by it's great to see you you look the same man you look younger well that's You're what retirement will do benjamin for benjamin buttons over here and the golf course helps that. Yeah. All right. So we've got Reeser Stadium. It's an orange out. The student section is filling up. It'll be a 6 o'clock kickoff here, Utah and Oregon State. I'll give you an update on Cam Rising in the next segment. We'll talk to Bill Riley, ESPN 700, coming up uh, also. And you'll hear a little bit from Kyle Whittingham, the Utah football coach. I interviewed him earlier in the week. I pulled a, pulled a segment. From that interview that I think is fascinating, I want you to leave it here. You got the bald face truth. BFFT. Live from Reeser Stadium in Corvallis, presented by High Caliber Millwrights, here's John Canzano with the bald face truth. Well, we've uh, entered the happy hour, the final hour of today's show from Reeser Stadium where Oregon State and Utah will kick off at 6 o'clock on FS1. The FS1 crew is in the house. This won't be a remote broadcast. So uh, I'm eager to see how Oregon State will play. Are they up to the challenge? Who will start at quarterback for Utah? A lot of uh, speculation about Cam Rising. Most of it leaning towards him not playing today. Cal Cowan, the longtime Oregon State Sports Information Director, was with us in the, the last segment. And, Stephen, you heard him. I mean, he told good stories. He had great stories about Dennis Erickson, great stories about, you know, being uh, in that job and in that role for 25 years. And we got off air. We went to commercial break, and he told the best story of them all. And I hate that. It's one, of said, the, it's one of those things where it's like he, maybe he just didn't realize how good of a story he had in, uh, in the back holster there. I, I, 
he, he, I turned to him and I said, everybody wants to know if Rising's going to play. My phone's blowing up with people going, is, is the Utah quarterback on the field? Is he going to play? And I know why people are asking, because they want to bet on the game, right? Everybody's looking for an angle. And he says, oh, I got a good one. He used to work at Oregon in sports information, okay? He was at Oregon before he went to Oregon State. And he said during the Dan Fouts era, there was a football game where Fouts was in a similar predicament at Oregon, where it was, is he going to play, is he not going to play? And he said he got a phone call from, the uh, phone rings in the office, and he picks it up, and it's a guy with a southern accent going, you know, I'm a big Oregon fan, you know, and, he, and the guy wanted to know if Fouts was going to play. <laughs> and he said, he said he just hung up the phone, and he said, I'm not helping you with your gambling. And he hung up the phone on the guy. So this is not new. This goes back to, you know, the Dan Fouts era at Oregon where people were speculating would Fouts get onto the field and would he play, would he not play. The spread now is at minus four. It's growing. Does somebody know something, Stephen? Like when you see a, a line move like that, and it started off as Oregon State minus one and a half, it's now Oregon State minus four. What does that tell you? Uh, it doesn't really tell me much. I mean, because it's not a huge move. If it went up to like seven or something, I, I think then we could really speculate that Ryzen's not going to play. But if it's just a minimal points, I think it's just people thinking Oregon State's got the uh, upper hand tonight. Well, we'll see how that goes. We're going to do the five at five, and then we'll get a visit from ESPN 700's Bill Riley. We'll talk to him about this football game. Oregon is at Stanford tomorrow. That is a big game, uh, obviously, because Oregon would just like to check the box, take care of business, beat Stanford, and then set up bye week and set up week number seven, which is the game at Washington. Huge big football game uh, you know, looming for Oregon. And uh, Oregon would love to go into that game, of course, uh, undefeated against a Washington team that looks pretty good, looks very good, and starting to get some... Uh, some momentum nationally as they got a first-place vote in the AP poll this week. But uh, that one looming on the horizon. But we're going to do the 5 at 5. Stephen, let's do it. The 5 at 5. The number one story in Stephen's mind. Well, I'm going to pull an Anna here. Not the number one most important <laughs> story. But, uh, no, your San Francisco Giants, John, they, uh, they have fired Gabe Kapler after four Oof. seasons now, the firing comes, of course, with three games left in the season. So not even waiting for the last three games to finish out. Right now, the Giants are 78-81. and 81. Of course, two years ago, 107-55. and 55. Just a great season. But this year, since July 18th, San Francisco has been 24-40, and 40, which is the second-worst record in the National League. And their ace, Logan Webb, he had an interesting quote. He said, quote, I'm tired of losing. It's not enjoyable. It's not fun. We have to make some big changes in here to create that winning culture that we want to show up every single year and try to win the whole thing, end quote. Uh, so Gabe Kapler out. Giants have, don't have a lot of money on the books next season. Uh, they're going to make a run as Shohei. Uh, I think they will. And I think it's this is one of these um, firings that has a deeper story to it. Kapler is he is a intense human being. Okay, He's an analytics guy. He's intense in his conversations. He's, he, he takes a lot of bandwidth. And, and when you win... You tolerate it because you're winning. But when you lose, somebody who is high maintenance like that, who takes up a lot of energy in the room, becomes exhausting. And I think that's what happens with... with we interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Baltimore... Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but... 
If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.